With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And all the shades pulled down, and all the furniture shrouded in linen covers. Even the picture frames and mirrors were sewn up in muslin to keep off flies. And the bronzes and alabaster ornaments on the chimney-piece and etagere gleamed through the dim light in a ghostly way. Katie thought it very dismal. She couldn't imagine anybody sitting down there to read or sew or do anything pleasant, and probably it was not intended that any one should do so, for Mrs. Page soon showed them out and led the way into a smaller room at the back of the hall. "'Well, Katie,' she said, "'how do you like Hillsover?' "'Very well, ma'am,' replied Katie, but she did not speak enthusiastically. "'Ah,' said Mrs. Page, shaking her head, "'it takes time to shake off home habits and to learn to get along with young people after living with older ones and catching their ways. You'll like it better as you go on.' Katie privately doubted whether this was true, but she did not say so. Pretty soon Lily offered to show them upstairs to their room. She took them first into three large and elegant chambers, which she explained were kept for grand company, and then into a much smaller one in a wing. "'Mother always puts my friends in here,' she remarked. "'She says it's plenty good enough for schoolgirls to thrash about in.' "'What does she mean?' cried Clover indignantly as Lily closed the door. "'We don't thrash.' "'I can't imagine,' answered Katie, who was vexed, too. But pretty soon she began to laugh. "'People are so funny,' she said. "'Never mind, Clovy. This room is good enough, I'm sure.' "'Must we unpack, or will it do to go down in our alpacas?' asked Clover. "'I don't know,' replied Katie, in a doubtful tone. "'Perhaps we had better change our gowns. Cousin Olivia always dresses so much. Here's your blue muslin right on top of the trunk. You might put on that, and I'll wear my purple.' The girls were glad they had done this, for it was evidently expected, and Lily had dressed her hair and donned a fresh white peak. Mrs. Page examined their dresses, and said that Clover's was a lovely blue, but that ruffles were quite gone out, and everything must be made with basques. She supposed they needed quantities of things, and she had already engaged a dressmaker to work for them. "'Thank you,' said Katie. "'But I don't think we need anything. We had our winter dresses made before we left home.' "'Winter dresses? Last spring? My dear, what were you thinking of? They must be completely out of fashion.' "'You can't think how little Hillsover people know about fashions,' replied Katie, laughing. "'But, my dear, for your own sake!' exclaimed Mrs. Page, distressed by these lax remarks. "'I'll look over your things to-morrow and see what you need.' Katie did not dare to say no, but she felt rebellious. When they were half through tea the door opened and a boy came in. "'You are late, Clarence,' said Mr. Page, while Mrs. Page groaned and observed, "'Clarence makes a point of being late. He really deserves to be made to go without his supper.' "'Shut the door, Clarence. Oh, mercy! Don't bang it in that way. I wish you would learn to shut a door properly. Here are your cousins, Katie and Clover Carr. Now let me see if you can shake hands with them like a gentleman and not like a ploughboy.' Clarence, a square, freckled boy of thirteen, with reddish hair and a sort of red sparkle in his eyes, looked very angry at this address. He did not offer to shake hands at all, but elevating his shoulders said, "'How do you do?' in a sulky voice, and sitting down at the table, buried his nose without delay in a glass of milk. His mother gave a disgusted sigh. 
"'What a boy you are!' she said. "'Your cousins will think that you have never been taught anything, which is not the case, for I am sure I have taken twice the pains with you that I have with Lily. Pray excuse him, Katie. It's no use trying to make boys polite.' "'Isn't it?' said Katie, thinking of Phil and Dory, and wondering what Mrs. Page could mean. "'Hello, Lily,' broke in Clarence, spying his sister as it seemed for the first time. "'How do you do?' said Lily carelessly. "'I was wondering how long it would be before you would condescend to notice my existence.' "'I didn't see you. I know you didn't. I never knew such a boy. You might as well have no eyes at all.' Clarence scowled and went on with his supper. His mother seemed unable to let him alone. "'Clarence, don't take such large mouthfuls. Clarence, pray use your napkin. Clarence, your elbows are on the table, sir. Now, Clarence, don't try to speak until you have swallowed all that bread,' came every other moment. Katie felt very sorry for Clarence. His manners were certainly bad, but it seemed quite dreadful that public attention should be thus constantly called to them. The evening was rather dull. There was a sort of put-in-order-for-company air about the parlour which made everybody stiff. Mrs. Page did not sew or read, but sat in a low chair looking like a lady in a fashion-plate, and asked questions about Hillsover, some of which were not easy to answer, as, for example, "'Have you any other intimate friends among the schoolgirls besides Lily?' About eight o'clock a couple of young, very young, gentlemen came in, at the sight of whom Lily, who was half asleep, brightened and became lively and talkative. One of them was the Mr. Hickman, whose father married Mr. Page's sister-in-law's sister, thus making him in some mysterious way a first cousin of Lily's. He was an arrow-mouth student, and seemed to have so many jokes to laugh over with Lily, that before long they conversed in whispers. The other youth, introduced as Mr. Eels, was left to entertain the other three ladies, which duty he performed by sucking the head of his cane in silence while they talked to him. He, too, was an arrow-mouth sophomore. In the midst of the conversation the door, which stood ajar, opened a little wider, and a dog's head appeared, followed by a tail, which waggled so beseechingly for leave to come farther that Clover, who liked dogs, put out her hand at once. He was not pretty, being of a pepper-and-salt colour, with a blunt nose and no particular sort of a tail, but he looked good-natured, and Clover fondled him cordially, while Mr. Eels took his cane out of his mouth to ask, "'What kind of a dog is that, Mrs. Page?' "'I'm sure I don't know,' she replied, while Lily from the distance added affectedly, "'Oh, he's the most dreadful dog, Mr. Eels. My brother picked him up in the street, and none of us know the least thing about him, except that he is the commonest kind of dog—a sort of cur, I believe.' "'That's not true,' broke in a stern voice from the hall, which made everybody jump. And Katie, looking that way, was aware of a vengeful eye glaring at Lily through the crack of the door. "'He's a very valuable dog indeed, half mastiff and half terrier, with a touch of the bulldog. So there, miss!' The effect of this remark was startling. Lily gave a scream. Mrs. Page rose and hurried to the door, while the dog, hearing his master's voice, rushed that way also, got before her, and almost threw her down. Katie and Clover could not help laughing, and Mr. Eels, meeting their amused eyes, removed the cane from his mouth and grew conversable. "'That Clarence is a droll chap,' he remarked confidentially. "'Bright, too. He'd be a nice fellow if he wasn't picked at so much. It never does a fellow any good to be picked at. Now does it, Miss Carr?' "'No, I don't think it does.' "'I say,' continued Mr. Eels, "'I've seen you young ladies up at Hillsover, haven't I? Aren't you both at the nunnery?' "'Yes. It's vacation now, you know.' "'I was sure I'd seen you.' You had a room on the side next the President's, didn't you? I thought so. We fellows didn't know your names, so we called you the Real Nuns. Real Nuns? Yes, because you never looked out of the window at us. Real Nuns and Sham Nuns, don't you see? Almost all the young ladies are Sham Nuns, except you. 
and two pretty little ones in the story above, fifth window from the end. "'Oh, I know,' said Clover, much amused. "'Sally Alsop, you know, Katie, and Amy Erskine. They're such nice girls.' "'Are they?' replied Mr. Eels, with the air of one who notes down names for future reference. "'Well, I thought so. Not so much fun in them as some of the others, I guess, but a fellow likes other things as well as fun. I know if my sister was there I'd rather have her take the dull line than the other.' Katie treasured up this remark for the benefit of the SSUC. Mrs. Page came back just then, and Mr. Eels resumed his cane. Nothing more was heard of Clarence that night. Next morning Cousin Olivia fulfilled her threat of inspecting the girl's wardrobe. She shook her head over the simple, untrimmed merinos and thick cloth coats. "'There's no help for it,' she said. "'But it's a great pity. You would much better have waited and had things fresh. Perhaps it may be possible to match the merino and have some sort of basque arrangement added on. I will talk to Madame Chonfleur about it. Meantime, I shall get one handsome thick dress for each of you, and have it stylishly made. That, at least, you really need." Katie was too glad to be so easily let off to raise objections. So that afternoon she and Clover were taken out to choose their material, Mrs. Page said, but really to sit by while she chose it for them. At the dressmaker's it was the same. They stood passive while the orders were given, and everything decided upon. "'Isn't it funny?' whispered Clover. "'But I don't like it a bit, do you? It's just like Elsie saying how she'll have her doll's things made.' "'Oh, this dress isn't mine. It's Cousin Olivia's,' replied Katie. "'She's welcome to have it trimmed just as she likes.' But when the suits came home she was forced to be pleased. There was no over-trimming, no look of finery, everything fitted perfectly, and had the air of finish which she had noticed and admired in Lily's clothes. Katie almost forgot that she had objected to the dresses as unnecessary. After all, it is nice to look nice she confessed to Clover. Excepting going to the dressmakers, there was not much to amuse the girls during the first half of vacation. Mrs. Page took them to drive now and then, and Katie found some pleasant books in the library and read a good deal. Clover, meantime, made friends with Clarence. I think his heart was won that first evening by her attentions to Guest, the dog, that mysterious composite, half-mastiff and half-terrier with a touch of the bulldog. Clarence loved Guest dearly and was gratified that Clover liked him, for the poor animal had few friends in the household. In a little while Clarence became quite sociable with her, and tolerably so with Katie. They found him as— With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.